That old world. Here we go, starting off the week again with, uh, as we do every day, with Alvin Lee's prophetic lyrics. There, uh, boy, I wish I could quote all the genius that he had written in those uh, song lyrics some forty years ago. Everywhere are freaks and harrys, dykes and fairies. Tell me where's sanity? Well, it's not over in the Antifa camp. I can promise you that. On the 29th of October, here as we go into. Gosh, a lot of, lot of tea leaves on the table right now. I mean, look at this. The end of the Devil's Month. The Devil's Night is uh, coming up this week. The markets are absolutely crumbling everywhere all around the world. The political situation is tenuous at best. Uh, volatility everywhere. World War Three on the uh, precipice in a couple of areas, I think, if our... Uh, traditional enemies had their way um lots of chaos shaping up from every direction and as we've discussed on the show many times here at the old radio ranch at the old people's patriot network our fledgling little network with our hearty little band of followers who adhere to the message and realize its importance in the greater scope and scheme of things uh you know, I've, I've mentioned many times on the air the simplicity of where we are. And though there's not throngs of people that thresh to the message, I, it, it would have been my hope personally and my thought the whole time of doing this project that, you know, you put the message out there, a whole bunch of people respond, and, man, you're going to have some uh, effect, some change. And, boy, I'm going to tell you what, this message right here does not work like that, and I, I've heard especially some of the newer people, uh, Patrick, uh, uh, our tow truck driver out of Memphis, particularly here a couple of weeks ago, who's relatively new to the message, maybe a couple of months, a little less, working, trying to read the book, work through untying the knots and et cetera. He says, man, I'm amazed. I tell people about this, and they just they're, they just turn around and walk away, and no big deal. And that is the experience I've had over many, many, many years. And that's why I continually tell you guys how, how precious you are to me that every one of you that have been touched by this, uh, even at this point, I got some news on that today that I'll elaborate on because that's about to change. Uh, at this point, the only way you can get this is to dial in either these two hours if the Internet and the technical problems don't overwhelm us, and uh, the replay it, 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 at night, which most of the time I remember to put up there. I forgot it one day last week. Um, so, uh, you know, we're put together with kind of bubble gum and bailing wire. Uh, that's why you don't have to suffer through commercials and all the rest of the crap that you do with these more traditionally oriented networks. It's a it will be as we go forward a more and more of a conglomeration of podcasts from different people in different areas of expertise that all uh will be uh, uh at least put into the paradigm of one of the four pillars of freedom you know um, we got the health shows we got the spiritual shows we got the financial and the political uh and yet they uh, as you know they all interconnect 
So uh, we just keep building on that. I don't know any other way to do it. Part of part of the method to my madness is, you know, the uh, the thing that makes uh, some of the what well, uh, let's just say very successful corporations uh, is consistency. Um, you know, for example, a McDonald's. You can go into a McDonald's anywhere in the world, and uh, those hamburgers taste the same. Okay. Uh, and the consistency of that with all the crap they put in them and the, whatever else happens over there at that corporation, the point of the uh, mentioning them and that is consistency. All, all, all great organizations have a consistency, seems to me. And so um, the consistency we bring is I'm here just about every day, okay, to uh, uh, try and continually build the audience, help you guys out. Well, I beg you to call in with questions and nobody seems to, you know, occasionally Robert's real good about calling in with questions and some of the newer people, when they come on board, uh, uh, they've got questions, but listen, this is a, uh, this is a, a tough sled to push uphill. I've been pushing it uphill. I thought we'd crowd. Uh, uh, well, I guess we have, you know, uh, uh turned the crest uh a while back and and uh we were picking up an awful lot of momentum and everything momentum but until uh uh you know uh, ego uh got off and and threw us off which is going to be a blessing in the long run because i don't know if i'd ever stepped out and done it just on you know wake up one morning hey i think i'll go start this little deal over here where we can get our message out without any uh any people from any of that mindset impeding us in any way shape or form you know uh there's shane joining us shane likes to call in there from silicon valley and usually just sits in the background how you doing this monday morning mr shane good that was roger i feel really good i I do have have a few questions for you yeah and uh i know that if you were Today is what Cyber Monday. I well, believe. generally, generally, and I have what I haven't said yet today is that John and John and Kathy aren't going to be here in the second hour. There's a big club network uh-huh. uh, deal in the at the L.A. office, and Michael Alexander is going to be there and stuff. And uh, I don't blame him. I'd go hang with Michael too. You know, some yeah. uh, some of the reps in the area and people that are involved and stuff. So they were having a deal at the office today. Uh, he let me know briefly in a brief chat on Saturday. And so that's okay. We listen, there's so many important things happening and they really all funnel back into, uh, to cyber and gold and silver, uh, period. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's the, it doesn't matter which one of these areas, even the, uh, the migrant gang marching up through through cent- Central America towards the border. Uh, I, there's so many fiascos at, at every turn, Shane, it, 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 but it's going to all have a bearing on the price of gold, the price of silver, and the price of cyber coins. Now, obviously, the uh, prediction of the, that we had from Cliff is that we'd be 9% higher today, and, of course, we're not. We're actually a couple of degrees lower. But, you know, often in highs, as he said, often is the, what he sees in a time frame, it, it shifts. It comes along a little later. We're right on the verge of these things taking off. There's no question about it. And uh, the tea leaves or the pot leaves or whatever you want to read, uh, they're all saying the same thing. So um, we're in a real good spot. I'm real pleased. I just wish you'd hurry up, you know. Yeah, 
I'm in the same place. Yeah. Yes. Well, as we've said on, in the past, those great big oil tankers, Shane, those 300, three-football fields long, you know, oil tankers that they send all over the world. When those when those captains start a turn on one of those things, you know when they start it? Uh, ten miles ahead of time. Ten miles before the turn is exactly correct. So you don't take something that big with the inertia involved, and it's you know uh, uh, with what the energy is already got that's moving it at that point, and just turn it on a dime. Um, and we won't see that in the market either. It'll be referred to as a crash, but. If you'll remember back in, in, in earlier last century in the 29, the crash happened in October this month in, in 1929, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, the bankruptcy of the country wasn't declared until March the 9th of 1933. So it doesn't just happen overnight, see? it's a, And that's what's going to go on here next year. Boy, next year's going to be a humdinger for us. Uh, on the good side, it's going to be a humdinger on the bad side for a lot of people. And once again, our what, our real strength here, no matter what of these areas you look at, to me, is the fact that we understand how the system's totally built. And these other people, their financial analysts and everything, they can say, oh, the Fed makes money. No, it doesn't make money out of thin air. They do on interest on loans that's compounding. That's where they make money out of thin air. But they don't just print the stuff. They, they print the stuff when you take out the loan. And then two things yeah. happen. It's two things happen simultaneously that are bad for you. Not only have you borrowed that and owe it, but you got compound interest on one side, the, uh, uh, the interest side of the equation, which, of course, Albert Einstein said was the, the most powerful force in the universe, compounding interest. And on the other side, you've purchased something with that that brought that currency into circulation, a house or a car, ideally for them because those are fairly bigger ticket items. And they get more of a chunk in and they get more of a chunk back, of course. But the other thing is whatever you've purchased is generally depreciating. Even if it's a house and it looks like you're rising in value, the currency and the medium that you're using when you sell it, it has depreciated unbeknownst to you. You know, you don't really realize that part. So you've got compound interest building on one side of the equation and generally a depreciating asset on the other side. It's not a good position to be in, Shane. All right. So, uh, you know, that's... Yeah, what were your questions? You said you had a couple of questions? I have multiple questions, but in regards to being the Cyber Monday, I, I would like to uh, review that I, you know, since um, I also like to watch the enemy and also what the enemy's doing. Uh, you know, how it said being friends close, but your, your enemy's and, closer. And sometimes, and, uh, Shane, sometimes, Shane, watch what they're not doing, too. All right. Well, uh, here I have uh, some um, aspects in which they're the uh, they're going. They're going into Ripple, uh, XRP. Yes, and they will then they'll, they'll, they'll flourish their particular uh, uh, gamut of of uh, I don't know, larceny. <laughs> 
uh, with these uh, particular uh, uh, tokens or, or light, uh, alternative currencies. So therefore, I'm watching uh, uh, to the lifeboats, uh, quote, to the lifeboats, end quote, um, on YouTube oh, okay. by uh, Sam I am. Um, he has a, a good uh, representation of what they are doing and also what we can do. Okay, now hold on. All right, let, let me clarify this, make sure I get it straight. There's a YouTube channel called To the Lifeboats that a guy's got a lot of information on the cyber uh, space for us. Yes, To the Lifeboats, correct, yes. Two, yes. three words, To the Lifeboats. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, if anybody else wants to go check on that. Now, Ripple, Shane, is an extremely yeah. interesting coin because it evidently is the banker's coin. You got two of them out there, the Ripple and another one called Tether, okay, that's been in the news a bit lately. Uh, and that one is over set up over in Hong Kong, but it's tied to the dollar somehow. And it's had a lot of trouble. Now, you just can't be an expert in all these fields. That's pretty much what I've been able to pick up. And being as that it's tied to the dollar, I necessarily wouldn't want to be involved in it anyway. But uh, Ripple is the banker's coin, all right? And now for people that are looking at this to potentially make money, being as that it is the banker's coin, uh, it probably may be a good bet. Uh, Cliff High said uh, about a year or so ago, as, as he was discussing in a more totally oriented cyber type video, and Ripple came up, and I thought his comment was particularly apropos, Shane. I've mentioned it, I think, once or twice before, uh, and I chuckle about it quite often when it crosses my mind. Do you remember uh, what that was? I'm sure you don't. Uh, it came up, and he said, unfortunately, a turd will float with the rest of the yachts. Okay? And so, uh, uh, but for somebody that is really looking just hard and cold at this more in a financial vein, that may be a very, very good solid play because you know that one's going to do pretty good. Okay? Um. A, the uh, uh, gosh, where do where do you go from there? So the uh, just it, it's, it's such an interesting space. Uh, what I've tried to do for myself is to, of course, for the last couple of years we've been involved. We got prior knowledge. That's what I was going to mention a minute ago. Is we've got that one little bit of information we've got prior knowledge we got spies in the enemy's camp because we understand the system okay and so uh, uh we know what's coming and we know the magnitude of it and uh, god forbid that this message would get out to the multitudes and even exacerbate that for our little friends but uh you know stranger things have happened but we know that the system's going to implode. Most of the other people out there, high percentage, have no friggin' idea. Uh, and, and so we take advantage of it. How do you take advantage of it? The best you can under those circumstances is you go with the surest deals you can get. You saddle the best horses you can get. And I think we pretty well, I, I'm real pleased personally in the positioning. And I, I, and I hope the audience has been able to take advantage of this too, because we can all catch the same wave. All right. So you don't exclusively do cyber stuff. I'd say 
you know, you need a modicum of of real metals uh, also. And in all honesty, Shane, from an investing standpoint, and I'm not a professional investor, it's just something I've taken a high interest in, especially later in life, as this opportunity looms, because that's what it is to me. You know, uh, uh, the statement that uh, uh, Cliff made, this would be the very first time in the entire history of the planet and civilization when family fortunes will be made that are not based on criminal activity. Now, that in itself is a hell of a statement, okay? I mean, you think, you think about that, all right? And honestly, you can see the people that have jumped on board. I was thinking about it right before the show. Uh, so the, uh, Chitose white paper came out in 2009. All right. I remember Robbie Noel talking about it on his program that night, had a Bitcoin logo. He put up on his website there just as soon as that white paper came out. And, uh, uh, so that's been about not quite 10 years, but somewhere in the vicinity of nine. All right. Look, look how far this thing's come from a piece of paper in a report to where we are today not only in the actual space that we're familiar with and talk about here but look what's going on behind the scenes for the last couple of years i mean uh, more investment hundreds of billions of dollars per quarter of a lot of different venture capitalists and corporations and people private individuals etc pouring into this space so we got prior knowledge we're positioned and uh the other thing the element we can't control of course is time and uh, we'll just have to let the natural forces play themselves out we know one thing for sure is that they can manipulate these forces, but they can't totally control them. And if they do, they can't control them for long. How you doing, Christopher, out there in Clark County? Uh, my co-hosts, these are like my co-hosts here. Hey, man. Just Chris. Yeah. Well, hey. good morning, gentlemen. I'm just uh, playing along a little bit uh, fuzzy this morning. Long, busy weekend, and yeah. I'm glad to be here morning with uh, such intellectual masters of the universe. Well, thank you, sir. And, I, 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 you know, it is an intellectual message. It does uh, attract people that whose brains actually have synopses that work most of the time. And uh, we just try and get better at it, you know. Um, a lot of things happening, Chris. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and it does all bear on the price of these financials. Uh, since it is kind of, we do that all the time anyway, but I was looking particularly at the bond market this morning to see how they were going to, of course, it's Monday, and we saw Friday, if you uh, were following that, the biggest green biggest green candlesticks array of them in that bond market, green being up, that I've seen in quite some time. Well, so then it tailed out and went down a bit. And this morning, Monday morning, it's starting out all red down ever since the bell opened. Uh, let's see here what's going on with the price of gold. They've been keeping it down from that 1240 benchmark that triggers all those stops. And they've got it down about in the 1230s. Now, it's not. See, this is an interesting thing on the gold, guys and girls, is that this is advantageous not for our adversaries, but for our adversaries' adversaries. So, because it's very advantageous, and a lot of this downward position is coming from the Chinese and the Russians. 
and now other countries of the world that are all increasing their own individual gold supplies. Hungary's gold supply was announced. It's been stable for all these years, and they reannounced it last week. It was 10 times what they had previously stated. So countries are out there, and I heard a list the other day, a bunch of the the stands, you know, Russia and the Kazakhstan and this Astan and Euristan and other Astans and then the Hungary thing and other banks around the world, the Chinese, we know not only purchasing, but they're the biggest mining entity in the planet. China, more gold is mined in China than anywhere else now, and none of it leaves the country, period. You know, Roger, I think that these uh, apparent anomalies, these facades of activity, uh, these radical shifts and different things are testimony to the desperation of the deep, dark state. It is desperate. Um, absolutely. Uh, curiously, you mentioned Kazakhstan there. I happened to attend a uh, Hallow's Eve party with a woman from Kazakhstan. She was actually uh, German, and when they had the migration, her family had to move to Kazakhstan. Her story was quite uh, moving and intriguing and very interesting female named Svetlana. Uh, but she had to move to Russia, so she became Russian from German. <laughs> hold on, let me <laughs> get, let, let, let me, uh, hold on, this is Chris's social life here that we're going to delve into a bit. So you're at a party with a gal from Kazakhstan? But she's, yes. But she's really German, and she ha- her and her family had to move to Kazakhstan because of all the migrants that are moving into Germany? Is Is that the connection I'm making? Yes, in fact, she was a young girl when they did this, and her uh-huh. mother told her they were going to be Russians now. And so, <laughs> well, you know, people change their positions and change their political status or their country or nation status. Well, let me tell you, you know, I've met and had the occasion to meet and become friends with several Russians, uh, particularly two females, not anything, you know, romantic, just friends, and along the last few years. And I was struck with both of them compared to uh, the American women I've met. They're not shallow. They're deep. They're, they're real. Uh, uh, you can communicate with them easily. There's none of the feminist stuff involved. Um, look at our own, uh, dare I say, our own David Duke who now lives over in St. Petersburg and does all of his shows from there. And they, uh, they don't go in and clamp down on him. Ed Snowden, where did Ed Snowden run? Russia. Uh, uh, who's thwarting the new world order at all of these when they've tried to bait them in every time. They're still doing it in the Ukraine. They're still doing it and threatening to do it in Syria. Evidently, I saw a story. There was a drone attack on the Syrian Russian missile sites, and they detected like an AWACS plane over in the Mediterranean. All of a sudden, this this drone attack happens in Syria. So uh, uh, their uh, their Putin could have been sucked into WW three already. And now, unfortunately, we got John Bolton even uh, amassing more power up there around Trump. And Trump listening to the Bolton, that rabid Zionist idiot and a damn war hawk uh, and taking more of his suggestions or advice or however you want to put it. And even there's evidently a whispering campaign started by Bolton against the guy Mathis, 
that was the general from, I don't remember, some Marine Corps maybe, Mad Dog Mathis, we were talking about mm-hmm. him a couple yeah, of years ago. Well, he's still one of Trump's main advisors, and Bolton's trying to get him out of there. So Adelson, your boy out there in Clark County, has yep. moved in. Yep, has moved in his minions. He's moved in his, uh, <laughs> you know, Haley was there from the first, uh, the U.N. Uh, witch that's retiring. Uh, a governor of South Carolina, uh, you know, rabid Zionist, and now they get Bolton back in the administration. And you can bet that was she- uh, Sheldon Adelson pulling some strings right there. Oh, absolutely. That's Bigby betting the Yahoo's best buddy, of course, and yep. doing their minions work all around the world in the global conspiracy. Did they talk every Sunday like him and Mr. Silverstein? <laughs> Well, I can't say I have inside intel to do that, but I well, I, well, Chris, you move in some pretty high end circles, man. Here lately, just look what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you run off in some clandestine thing in California last week, and you come back now. You're at parties <laughs> with this Kazakhstan chick that's got two or three nationalities. You move in some pretty interesting circles, man. Uh, it's a, it seems a whole lot James Bondish, but I assure you, nobody's paying me big bucks or survive, supplying me Cougarans. <laughs> okay, and you hadn't pussy galore wasn't at that party, was she? No, but there were the uh, woman that did it was a makeup artist, and she was extremely accomplished and uh, became one of those. Um, I guess it was a Michael Jackson like zomboid from his thriller movie. Yeah, well, of course, I was referring to one of the girls in the James Bond movies. The Bond market continues to go down. Well, I remember Pussy Galore. That was from Goldfinger. Yeah, one of them. Way back in my youth. Let's see, what else is good, decent to talk about today? Um, I was uh, addressing a, a minute ago when you called um, in, Chris, and trying to make a point here of on the consistency aspect. And, and so that I try and be here. You know, occasionally I'll take a day off, but otherwise I'm pretty here, much here for you guys. It's a different approach to radio. Uh, it's not covering all of the news and having special reports, and I'm begging you for money so I can have a TV studio and, and all that other stuff. It's just a, a like a, it's just less girls, you know. We, got, we know something. Uh, we know the importance of what we know. Most other people seem to, for whatever reason, that it doesn't register with them. And we understand its importance, A, and the fact that it has a great significance in the events of our time that are both happening now and, honestly, that are playing out exactly to the Bible's description. I mean, you know, when you get in this, the deeper you get in this, and you go back and parallel some of those things, uh, well, anywhere really in the Bible, but especially Revelation 18. Uh, uh, and, and that's where we are. So what, uh, and, and Greg was asking me, you know, right before the show, you get a, how, what are your plans to enlarge the audience? Well, hell, I've been telling you what the plans are. Okay. We got a core audience that that's something most people don't, that's a real luxury to have to build on. Okay. Because I understand what this message does to people's lives. It totally changes all of you. You can't listen to what you used to listen to, be it TV, radio, or read something on the internet and think about it the same way you used to, because you understand something and know something that other people don't know. Okay. So first of all, it's a complex message and it doesn't register with everybody, only a small percentage. So we got to accept that going in. All right. But what we strive to do is increase the small percentage. 
All right. And so the way. A, pardon me? Truth only. Truth is a lonely hunter, they say. It is, and I could go dig up the H.L. Mencken quote and, you know, take the time to go dig that up, which is I could probably read every day, you know, and maybe I should. But regardless, what I have come down to understand after doing this for all these years is that the, the progression of it now, people are looking for answers even more so now than they ever have been. So that is in our favor. All right. But what we have to do is try and take away the complexity and the mystery of it. And so that's why it's continually simplifying the message is so important because you can get it across and people uptake the basics so much quicker. And there is the secret right there. We've got the audience that can help spread it. Because I'm sure that each, all of you are talking to somebody about this at some point in some context of some conversation. It's got to come up. And so the best thing we can do is to put the tool in your hands of the simplicity of the statement, what the hell happened to Ferguson? I mean, the comparison of Brown versus Board of Education, which virtually everybody should be familiar with, okay, in some way, shape, or form, and then well, framing what is the Rights Act of 1964. Yeah, that to, well, the the Brown v. Board was 54, okay. So the but the fact that it made us all equal. All right, and then go back and look at the case that it overturned Plessy v. Ferguson and show somebody the, the origin of the Jim Crow laws and the enforcement of them to the point of where one of the people in that case was nine-tenths white. He was nine-tenths white and one-tenth black, and he couldn't cross that line. Okay? And, and so what happened, obviously those are the rules that we're all equal to now. What happened to the other ones? Did they just get rid of them? I didn't see any legislation. I never saw anything signed by some president saying that these rights are forever gone. You hadn't found one of those, have you, Chris? I have not, but okay. I was at another auspicious occasion. Yes, uh, I guess it must have been Sunday. Yeah, it was a, a bluegrass get-together, and it was at a hoity-toity place up on the hill on Sunrise Mountain, and I had the occasion to sit down and discuss at length and some of these aspects that you're talking about, Plessy B. Ferguson, Brown B. Board, and Dr. Ron Kimark, and some of the others, um, with a gentleman of color who was an entrepreneur, a very intellectual young man, had quite a bit of broadcasting experience and production studios, lived down in the Baja, California, Mexico area, and um, just a real interesting guy to talk to. He had a wonderful wife that he was just crazy about, and she was crazy about him that was quite an accomplished musician. And this was a, a very upscale meeting, and so there was lots of intrigues and talking back and forth about some of these intellectual concepts that we talk about on this radio. So we are spreading the message. It might be to a small group, but this group is fervent, they're smart, they're savvy, and they're hungry for knowledge and truth. Well, that's right, and I think the uh, it, it's those people, the intellectual ones, the thinking ones that are starting to think uh, out there. They're like I said, they're open for the message. the the old uh, you know the old cliche when the student is ready, uh, the teacher will appear. Have you ever heard that before? Well, I'm here. 
So uh, uh, that's so. What I continue to do is try and be as consistent as possible. You know, we've had a few setbacks lately. This foot thing that's had me screwed up for three months, a little over three months. I'm starting to be able to walk without my cane now. Uh, the the very beginnings of that, I should be a lot stronger by the end of this week, and maybe even walking without that cane. Period. So. The biggest problem I got now is the is the insurance company that had sixty percent of the bill went bankrupt, so now I got the whole bill. Uh, so welcome to Ecuador, and it's wonderful. You know, and this is a worldwide phenomenon. I understand it's not just happening here. Um, I think I heard Robert in the background. Yeah, uh, no, no, you heard Shane. Um, but so the consistency of the message, the simplification of the message, and just trying to, you know what. Greg, you asked me, what are your, what, you got any plans to enlarge the audience? Yes. And that is to keep doing what I'm doing and to see what the big guy's plans are. Because I've been trying to actively enlarge this for 27 years. And it's beaten me up pretty bad. Okay. I, I mean, I, I've got more determination than ever. But, boys, I look back on it. Um, it's taxing. I'm not a young guy anymore. I'm not a, I'm not a young man anymore, okay? And I want to enjoy part of my life because I've dedicated my whole life really the last 20 years to this or more, honestly, at at the uh uh at the behest of a lot of other areas I could have taken the few funds I've got stashed back and had a hell of a 20 years, all right? But I haven't. Um because well, I don't right. I don't consider that to be my my funding. I consider that to be a gift from him, and I'm supposed to be a wise steward and use it wisely down the line, which I plan on doing. Seems like you are. In fact, this is the whole thing. You're not getting paid. I'm not getting paid. Nope. In fact, catching a lot of flack from a lot of different directions and putting up with a lot of crap. But we're we do enjoy this. This isn't exciting. It's 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 so motivating to be on the point of the spear the um, cusp of the changes that are at foot that are all over and around us that are not able to be ignored we are in the middle of this foray and the fight between good and evil it is a spiritual battle there's no doubt it's uh, pretty exciting now this is going to help us um paul uh our astute friend and the guy that waved his magic wand and put all this together for us uh, it's come up where we've got an, a, a way to have shows available for download now, which is something that really has been, uh, a obstacle, um, and wow. in several respects and, uh, an opportunity that was there changed and they did some updating and grading. And so what we'll do, and I have, I, I, there's a couple of shows up there of mine. Friday's show is up there, I think, with Brent, and there may be one other of last week's shows up there already, and we haven't turned the rest of the staff onto it and stuff, but all of us will be able to use it, okay? And the website, let's see. I want to be sure and get this right here. Cast, C-A-S-T. C A S T B O X castbox dot F M dot F M cast C A S T B O X dot F M 
And when you get to the main page, just put in People's Patriot. I can't even say it. People's Patriot Network, or even better yet, Radio Ranch. Uh, I think all the shows will be under the umbrella of People's Patriot Network or PPN. Uh, but uh, there's a couple of my shows. So um, that has been a big impediment for us. If you look at statistics of, uh, of shows that are listening to a huge percentage are people that downloaded the, uh, the podcast later. And I'm not sure if this is a, a download or a, or a uh, an instant listen to. I'll find out more, but we're just getting familiar with it. And that's just starting this week. So, again, it's cast, C-A-S-T, like what you put on your arm. Or if you've got a, a cast net and down there casting for mullet somewhere in the Florida uh, area, uh, cast, C-A-S-T-B-O-X dot F-M. And I'll fool with it here yep, this afternoon. I got I, we can upload all the shows there and all that stuff, and uh, it ought to work pretty well. And that's going to give us another tool to get these good, you know, these good shows out spread around, posted. You can post them, I think, with an embedded player and stuff like that. So uh, that's a new addition, a new wrinkle. It's going to give us a, a a lot more reach, I believe, as it goes forward. You know, Roger, the uh, FM, no static at all. Uh, it's a it's a very interesting concept because a lot of people may not be available to listen at the time that we sure. go on. Well, uh, and Chris, so at least carry catch the content or do deeper research, listen again, and extrapolate the intricate details of complex ideas that are presented on the program. I've got one listener that I you know is continually sending me often uh, emails and for two, three, four shows at a time because she wasn't able to listen or whatever else. So this is going to cure a lot of that. And it's going to give, um, it's going to give people another tool. Let's just put it that way. Hopefully we'll have good enough programming here and things that people are stimulated by that'll cause people to have the desire to want to spread them around Good talk about them. So, you know, that's the, uh, the hopes and, but the consistency of the message and the simplicity of the message. Um, it's interesting. I was, uh, thanks to Don, we got a real good listener. Don's been a listener for a long time. I don't even remember when he popped on the scene, at least back in the micro effect days, ex-wife number two. Um, but he's, uh, got a lot of time on his hands, retired. Don's or yours. Pardon me? Don's wife number two or yours. <laughs> now my ex-wife number two here in this, uh, I'm not sure how many he's working on. Uh, he's got him a Thai girlfriend over there and lives on the beach south of Bangkok a couple of hours. I'm sure it's just real picturesque, and I don't know that he's got a lot to do all day that been sit around and look on the Internet and dig up all this stuff and stay on top of it. Well, he's been sending me a lot of links to uh, Cliff lately, and Cliff's been doing a lot of shows here as of late that aren't necessarily cyber shows. There's stuff on his woo-woo and quantum uh, uh, computing and and uh, di just different elements that are interesting. And the one he sent yesterday I was watching, because I'm kind of interested in it, in the history of China and the, uh, uh, you know, information about China and stuff. And he went into uh, the two different theories that have ruled China over uh, the centuries. And one of them is called Taoist theory, right, Chris? You've heard of that, Shane right? Taoist. And the other one is more yeah. of the, of the Buddhist oriented, uh, theory. And so he went into a bit of an explanation. I guess it's on his YouTube channel. He does these, 
daily 45 minute or so oratories takes some questions at the end on these types of topics but what i found interesting yesterday in watching that uh one on china was the Taoist totally grounded their theory on three things one the first was simplicity the next was compassion and the third was humility a word that came up last week that we talked a bit a bit on Friday, I think, and have and have previously. But the other one, the Buddhist one, had about five different tenets, and uh, slightly skewed, and 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 he, he, he uh, went over the difference in both of those. But I thought the simplicity of the Taoist and the connection to biblical principles, simplicity, compassion, and humility, especially. Uh, were very interesting, and the way they came out, so much so I wrote them down uh, because I wanted to uh, throw that out there here today. So uh, what else is going on, Guy? Anything on your mind that you particularly, Shane, you had questions there when you joined us earlier. Yes, I did, but now I'm outside, and I'm not necessarily in front of what I wanted to uh, share with you. Uh, My real questions are in regards to... uh, the uh, RXP and the Ripple accounts, you know, that's our en- enemies and what they are doing. They're going to jump into the cyber uh, arena and then also uh, possibly um, inflate their, their, uh, their <clears throat> what do they call that, the word confidence. Well, you know, I guess as for my own, I, I put out my own personal stuff on the show here. You can do whatever you want. Um, but uh, uh, I, I don't want to play with Ripple just simply because it's theirs. Now, that does give it some assurity of being successful. Uh, and it was here about two weeks ago. All the coins went down and Ripple went up 150% that day. So, obviously, it's more the manipulation and setting it up uh, for people that don't realize uh, the intricacies of the space and who's behind who and, and all that kind of stuff. And to a lot of those people, it doesn't matter. It's just purely a profit motive, okay? But I think most of our uh, uh, folks' senses and, and their feelings are that this is more than something financial and that there's a heavy political side to this where we can not only take away some of their power, but we can collectively possibly change the world. I don't see any other conclusions, and that's the side that I like to stay on, and that would keep me personally out of the ripple arena. There's enough other good coins there, Litecoin, which may be even a half-banker's coin from the respect that um, a while back it was floated that Litecoin was being talked about as the medium for uh, uh, MasterCard. China. Uh, no, the MasterCard, well, China maybe, but uh, certainly MasterCard and some of the establishment uh, operations, we're going to start using it. So, uh, uh, but there's enough other good things out there. There's uh, Ethereum has got to bounce back. Hell, Ethereum, Ethereum is less than $200 right now. Okay. Uh, 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 Bitcoin is, is right at 63, down about 100 from last week, 150 in that range. Uh, let's see what else. Litecoin is $48 today, right now. 
uh, EOS, EOS is $5.11. That's supposed to be a good play for a coin. Your Ripple XRP is $0.44. Cents. Forty six. Oh, it says four point four four oh five here for me. Uh, so anyway, you know, uh, if I think it's probably healthy, you know, I was thinking about this the other day In all the other years leading up to this, if you listen to anybody with any financial, uh, let's say financial authority that's assigned to their name, the establishment type mainly. Their approach was always don't keep your eggs in one basket. How many times you hear that? You know, they they want you to spread it. Thousands. Yeah, thousands, man. They want you to spread it over into all the paper baskets that are going to be worthless or lose a healthy amount of their value. And so I, for all those years, understanding what we do, as I was on my path to understanding and realizing the substantial role that gold and silver play i said i don't want to put my eggs in all those baskets i'm going to put all my eggs in two in one basket in this one over here but now that we're into this cyber range and the tables have turned i do like that diversification approach but the honest goodness the bedrock program that i advise everybody to get into is big club network okay now i've been this is just for my own personal stuff. I, I hang my personal stuff on the line here. And I've got several of those founders accounts, uh, you know, from whatever we had left over from Gladi coin. And I cashed in some gold and bought some here a year or so ago. Okay. So back in June, and I don't remember exactly when I could probably go back and check, but back in June, I turned all of them 100% out. Okay. Up to that point, with the exception of last spring, I had them 100% in. So in that time, so let's say maybe whatever the days in June, but let's say July, August, September, now October. So there's four months, a third of a year, and I have mined uh, almost 0.4 Bitcoin. A little under that, a little over 3.5, but not yet 4. So even at depressed prices today, on on an investment to get that kind of return in four months, not even to mention the the uh, uh, the fact that that is going to rise in value as these coins rise in price. So uh, uh, that's just an interesting from a from a strict investment return type situation and of course they don't guarantee there's no roi or return on investment stated or guaranteed with bit club network but right there's a running and that's been when the difficulty factor has been high and the payouts have not been as great as they have been in the past and we're going to put on i think there was a message from michael alexander yesterday that they've just put on a bunch of new peta hash and they're about to put a whole bunch more and there was references to charts etc so uh we're going to come out of this smelling like a rose the bit club network people the other mining companies particular like i guess genesis and some of the others shane and i don't know that any of our people have any direct involvement with those they may i don't know but i know that those companies mostly pay you a mining fee 
uh, you give them some money and they help you get a mining credit for whatever money you pay them. I'm not sure they're specific arrangements, but they charge a fee. Okay. There's a fee involved when they pay you like the fee you use in, in using the internet or when you send Bitcoin. Okay. So you got to pay a fee there to them as they move the proceeds to your wallet and the the daily proceeds have been so small that in many instances, I'm told, they've been eaten up by the fee structure. So we may not have been getting a lot as compared to what we were a while back when the difficulty factor wasn't as high, but we are getting something, okay? And I'm sitting there now here lately. I've been doing a little running total every day or two. So, uh, uh, But I wanted to just turn those things out and have some Bitcoin as the price starts going higher. Um, but boy, I'm telling you what, it's not like a couple of years ago when the stuff was like monopoly money, you know, Oh, Hey, I got all these Bitcoin in my wallet. Well, I didn't like that anymore. See, and now everybody's starting to watch them like a hawk and those 0.002s and 0.0003s, et cetera, mean a lot more these days. Cause man, I'll tell you, that was the biggest thing I had problems with when we got into this was that I didn't have anything in it, so it was like monopoly money. Uh, sure, like to have some of those back, okay? Because uh, I, I easily squandered a number of Bitcoin that I just love to have back right now. So anyway, lessons learned. As Dan Fogelberg said, lessons learned are like bridges burned. You only have to cross them but once. Pretty creative lingo. Yeah, well, he was uh, he was a pretty creative artist, Dan Fogelberg. Um, let's see here what's going on uh, uh, in the news front since uh, we've answered Shane's questions. I think nobody else wants to call. Nobody else wants to call in with any or. Uh, pose anything else of interest here on this Monday morning. Let me get a drink of water. Um, the uh, headline on Zero Hedge at the top is 5,000 troops to be deployed to the southern border. Military is actively moving equipment now. Um, as on our, uh, as on our uh, financial discussions here today, the second article is something we've touched on, a rough decade ahead. Remember J- Japan's lost decade? Have you ever heard that referred to, uh, Shane? Um, somewhat, yes. Well, it's turned into... That was Jap- the collapse of their financial system. That was the collapse of their housing market that they'd built into a bubble years ago, and it it's now turned into Japan's lost two decades or more, okay? And I think that's one of the reasons that Japan has jumped on the cyber bandwagon so heavily. Not only are they really technologically, technologically oriented over there in that culture, but they see it as one of the only ways to pull themselves out of this huge hole that's been dug for them because they're nothing but a pawn of the Americans since World War II. So uh, anyway, uh, in that, that the, the housing market and the demise of it was what led up to Japan's lost decades. They're saying here, a rough decade ahead is the quote, math and the future of the U.S. housing market. Well, the U.S. housing market's got a tough road to hoe ahead of it. Okay. 
and it's starting to show all over, not only in the country, in the main housing markets that have been real hot, Denver, Seattle, San Francisco, etc. But it's showing all over the world. Okay, it's showing it's in the noise, but it's kind of important to note that they are insanely trying to promote the insanity that they can uh, do these market inflated derivatives and other uh, scams of theft of money and property from these uh, mortgages, debt pledges, and they're doing it all over again. Of course, they'll put it on the backs of the American people again to drive up their debt unless they actually make money, and then they'll keep that. Well, they'll try, but you see, they don't have the inflator this time. They had all those years of zero interest rates. They can't go back to that. All right. And so that's the dilemma they're in. And one of the things that's happening, I was going to get to the article here, I guess it's down. There's so much, much stuff coming out so fast. You got to hunt deep for articles anymore. Um, the um, beware of Halloween's massive Fed liquidity withdrawal. And I haven't had a chance to look at the message, but here's the little byline. This Halloween, that's uh, what's that, Wednesday? Wednesday night? Yep. Yep, Wednesday night, the 31st is the devil's night. This Halloween, we'll see the largest Fed balance sheet reduction to date. As Powell, the chairman, who was appointed by Trump, don't forget, drains some $33.2 billion, with a B, as in boy, billion, $33.2 billion in liquidity Wednesday. Okay. So not only are the markets, are they increasing their rates, they're probably going to give another increase in December. It looks like another one of these quarter point things, but you can see the chaos that even that little increase causes. Okay. And the big problem now and why I kept chicken Greg Marionero's site uh, all morning, the uh, bonds have been selling off, which means the yields are going higher. And they've kind of stabilized it. There's a couple of little green candlesticks, not much activity volume-wise, but they have stabilized it from going down. But it's the sentiment. It's going to be a hell of a week this week. There's a lot of things converging. And then, of course, next week on Tuesdays, the election and the midterms, I ju just wow. I think Trump's going to have a resounding victory next week. What Do you, you guys feel the same way? Is that the feeling up there? No, I think uh, 11, 11. 11, 11. Very important date. Very important date. Okay, I've heard 11, 11 is an important date. Uh, but I'm talking well, about I'm, I, I, all you can in a second as soon as I finish. But I wasn't talking about 11, 11. I was talking about 11, 6. Just water on the bridge. Well, well, I'm with you. I think it's be a red swell and i don't think that it's going to be the hyped up uh, blue wave that they keep talking about it's going to be a tsunami of rebuking the uh, new world order and the satanic world order of the hillary clinton gang and the democrats i think that same thing's going to happen and see there now we're not talking about us we're talking about the average joe blow out there that's susceptible to all these forces that we do understand i guess most of us probably avoid but they don't, and they're susceptible to them. And I got it from all of the groundswell around the country that I'm seeing, and I don't stay on top of it by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that there's going to be a resounding uh, red 
red side victory uh, next week. And that's going to even make these people more desperate because they're trying to hang their whole hat on this election and getting back some control of the House of Representatives. After a break, both sides. What, Chris? Trying to tamper with the standing stones. Uh, the mo- Well, now, whatever your change was, you're, cut, you're cutting in and out now. I'll be at a better location in a couple of minutes. I'll come back. All right. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Shane's out in the yard. Chris is going to be in a better location here in a few minutes. I had a couple of stories, not necessarily uh, cyber-oriented, that I thought one was particularly interesting to me. So let me cough here, and I'll come back, and we'll cover it because uh, – Lord of mercy, you know, the answers come from the strangest places, right? In particular, I was thinking about it. I used to tell this story. I haven't told it in a long time, but I thought about it here the last few days, and it just came to my mind in this instance, and I think it's probably terribly apropos. Um, okay, about the top of the first hour here is about gone. Um When I was young, we had uh, Reader's Digest was very prevalent in my family for generations. Uh, not only my grandfather and stuff, I had a lot of other people's houses that had that. But it was a standard Christmas present every year. You know, one of the Christmas presents was a subscription to Reader's Digest card in the Christmas tree. And so there were a lot of them laying around, and they always mostly congregate in the bathroom. And uh, so when you're in there doing your constitutional, you don't want to stay in there for an hour, you know, read a read a long thesis like, you know, the uh, Satoshi's white paper or something. You want to get in there and do your business and get out pretty quick, I think, most of us. And uh, uh, so you can't even sometimes read the articles that they had in Reader's Digest, even though they were relatively short. But they did have these sections that were very interesting and for a quick read. And they were called, the two of them that I remember, they had several, but one of them was called uh, Life in These United States. And then there was another one, uh, Life in the Military, that was military-oriented stories, little short quippets and things. And you remember those, Shane? Did you ever read Reader's Digest when you were young? I have uh we just size yes in the bathroom now. Okay, yeah. so that's why you're laughing. Okay, well, um, do they do they still have? Yeah, laughter's the best medicine. That was another one, Chris. And but they had one life in these United States, and this one that I read one time really stuck with me, and it has a bearing on this story that I'm going to give you, and so it's a very good lesson involved in it, and it was one of these small like southern towns. I can relate to it, just the setting of the story. And it had, uh, you know, the old the old road that went through. It used to be a lot heavier traffic. The interstate's been built a few miles away, and most of the heavy traffic still goes through the interstate. And is, but there's traffic through this town, and it's got one of these railroad bridges that goes across it where, you know, the bridge is an overbridge for the railroad, and then there's a big U that all the traffic goes under underneath the bridge, right? You got the mental picture? Yes. Okay. And so up on those bridges, as you have uh, have seen, there's a sign up there with a, with a height restriction, 15 feet or whatever it may be. And so what had happened in this instance, and this came from Reader's Digest now, was that a big 18-wheeler 
that didn't note the uh, height clearance had gone under, and his his uh, truck was was slightly larger than the tunnel's clearance, and so it had managed to squash the truck in the cab, not the cab, but the uh, 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 the. Uh, back part and it was stuck up under the bridge and stuck pretty good okay and so obviously this road had been closed that shuts the town down detours going around and they're looking at the scene and overseeing the scene is you know the fire chief the chief of police the mayor the head of the city council the city engineer and they're all over there in this meeting and they're looking at the situation and trying to survey it and figure out what they're going to do right so you got the scene right yeah, rip up the bridge. Yeah. No. Yeah. The little 12-year-old kid comes up to the mayor and yanks on his on his coat, and he said, Mr. Mayor, why don't you take some air out of the tires? Mm. Okay. So the answers can come from the most unlikely of, of sources. That's a real, you know, that's a really neat story, and I hope all of you, if you've never heard that before, that you noodle on that because that's how you look at problems. Everybody in the hierarchy sure. is sitting there, and they all got to go the same conclusion that, Shane, you got to tear up the bridge. How are you going to let some air out of the tires? Boom, problem solved. <laughs> Curiously, Roger, I had that exact same instance occur at the Fashion Show Mall there on Las Vegas Boulevard when it was first built up. I had a red-headed girlfriend that had a little Red Express Dodge pickup truck with those big smokes. Ho, 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 Chris. Had, uh, I, I thought you were married. What's Who's this red-headed girlfriend? No, this was before I was married. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Just checking. We Just checking. Yeah, the, the red-headed, she was a surgical nurse. We were living together for a few years. She-Ra was her name. And anyway, she had this hot shot truck that she bought when it was covered with snow up in Chicago, Illinois, before she moved here. And we had gone to the fashion show mall, and they had those under-the-building parkings they built with all those big uh, support beams to support the structure up there. They're concrete encased. And so the truck had a camp forward, low profile in the front, kind of raised up in the back. So we went in. It was no problem. But when we came out, we changed our orientation. We were going up the ramp. And oh. it was, like I say, it was too tall in the truck. The pipes would have scraped on those uh, concrete abutments. So what did I do? I got out and I let air out of the tires. And there you go. <laughs> well, you weren't it's that a solution that people try. You weren't of. you weren't the twelve year old in that story, were you? No, no, I wasn't. I was <laughs> okay. a little older than that when I was messing that okay. redhead. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a lot of wisdom for a twelve year old. But you know, it's a pretty simple solution. It takes care of all the problems. It's just looking at the situation from a different angle. And see, and right there is, and that's what is so important about what our enemies do to us. Because it's just like I was asking you earlier. They didn't sign any kind of legislation that said nobody has access to those natural rights anymore. They just laid a veneer over it and hid it from you and have conditioned your mind to think that that's the norm. Oh, absolutely. In fact, they are pretty artful at putting a spin on things to skew the view of reality to their own avaricious and predatory perspective. And so <laughs> these guys, they're myopic like Mr. Magoo. Whoa, Magoo, you've done it again. And they only see things through their microscopic lens in one direction. They don't have the ability to see the periphery and the ancillary related 
uh, reactions for the causes that they put into play. They don't give much consideration. They think it's going to work like it always has, but it ain't working like that these days. Now the Lord was merciful on us, and he gave us the Internet. Chris, I saw Mr. Magoo when I lived in Argentina. <laughs> You're talking about Jim Backus or the character? Oh, man. I don't know. I think I saw the real Mr. Magoo. I was driving along this somewhat, you know, not just two-lane but busy road over there by where I lived at one point, and there were some stoplights there. And so the light turns green. I'm sitting there on my motorcycle, right? And this car comes from the side street, barreling right through that red light, never stopped, never. And the guy looked just like Mr. Magoo driving. I swear, I just about busted out laughing. I hadn't thought about it in years till you mentioned it to Magoo a minute ago. So, let me get <laughs> I had some... On a two-lane road in a one-horse town. Man, I'm telling you, I had some experiences living in Argentina for nine years, buddy, as a gringo. <laughs> As a gringo that didn't speak the language down there, I I don't know what overcame me to do it, but it was an experience. It was beneficial. All of this came out of that. I don't know that I'd have gotten it out otherwise. The tragedies involved in the situation the way it was. Regardless, back to our 12-year-old with such insight, a 13-year-old boy has been just been named America's next top young scientist in recognition of his ingenious method for making pancreatic cancer treatment more effective. 13 years old. Rashab Jain, J-A-I-N, obviously not Scottish, was awarded the prize for creating an algorithm that uses used artificial intelligence to accurately locate and target the pancreas the pancreas in real time during a cancer treatment MRI radiotherapy. Thirteen years old wrote the algorithm that's going to uh, make pancreatic cancer treatment, which is virtually a death sentence, more effective. Not. Not to overlook the significance of the young fellow's discovery in the medical world, I think that the point that I was trying to make earlier when we had bad connections and I was traveling was that this intentional tampering with the standing stones or the monuments of time, uh, the FICO score, which is a credit rating, kind of like a Dangan score for your credit and debt activities, has been a stalwart of the industry that has been fairly applicable across the board, much like the radiation counts were back when we used to count them in Ritgans. And so what they're talking about now to make people more easy to prey on and get them to borrow with less qualification is changing the FICO score. I'm going to nudge it up a little bit in the Van Jones uh, uh, form to uh, substantially change the rating system to slide the scale down so that more people can get over the bar to borrow and get into deeper debt uh, another day older the deeper you the, the deeper you get well that's and what they're so uh, of course that's what they're really trying to stimulate right now liars loans and subprime stuff are back and they're doing anything i'm getting i am getting credit solicitations from both paypal and wells fargo and uh you know i guess if you wait seven years 
they come back at you. Uh, I haven't bit yet, but I can see them making the moves and the pressures on behind the scenes to try and get the money mechanism of people borrowing in, uh, back in so that it can fund their debt. That's the problem they've got right now is the velocity of money is less than the 30s, and they don't have enough out there to service the debt, and rates are rising. So they got a two-, three-fold problem, okay, and uh, pretty interesting to see them back themselves in a corner. But this is what happens when you deviate from the natural order of things. They can control it to an extent, and they can certainly manipulate it, but they cannot control it indefinitely for long periods of time. It's the snake eating its tail. It's symbolized by the snake eating its tail for thousands of years, and that's what's happening to them in every vector. Well, in the spirit of these times, there are multiple conflicting and counterpoised market forces that are operating whether they like it or not. The fear in the world's uh, sense of what's going on, uh, the concerns about the political chaos around the world, the continuing ongoing multiple wars on every front you go, the corruption in government and the tyranny of the judiciary around the world is creating a crescendo effect that overrides any normalcy pretexts that could possibly operate and give any sense of normalcy. And people are afraid to invest. The banks have got tightened credit policies. They're not lending money except to the uh, elite. And now they're trying to free these policies up, thinking that all these new so-called migrants that are not vetted come in, will be able to borrow and buy their new cars and new houses. And there's a lot of that going on. Uh, to fuel their lust for debt to drive the economy and to fuel that velocity of money that is absent from market forces. Well, let me give you a little barometer here. This is interesting. Of course, there's been gazillions uh, pumped into the system in those years of 0% interest rates. That's showing up in the uh, in the third world markets and the countries that can't pay those loans back. Now, Argentina just got a new up on their... Uh, uh, IMF loan I read over the weekend gave them a few more billion dollars. All right, um, but the things that are really happening, and this is an interesting barometer, in the last two weeks in the entire Lehman Brothers fiasco in two thousand and eight, the markets lost eight point five trillion dollars worth of value in the entire ordeal. Okay. In the last two weeks, worldwide markets have lost $9 trillion. Oh, absolutely. This is the greatest transfer of wealth from the poor to the rich to occur in the history of the world. But those comparisons from the entire incident back then as, as, as potentially damaging and, and system uh, crashing as it was, all the money they've loaned out now, so there's a lot more out there by the trillions. Who knows how many between what they've stolen and what they have lo- legitimately loaned out, if that's not an oxymoron. But still, the amount of damage just in this early stage has already surpassed the entire total of layman. So we got a real interesting road. Now, here's a couple of things that are happening in the background. Over these last two weeks, who are some of the real big losers were the hedge funds. They're running a lot of algorithm, uh, high-speed trading and stuff. And they're the ones that took a big bath and associated other financial pools that work like they do. 
the other thing that's very interesting here, an article I was reading over the weekend, is the a New York Stock Exchange margin debt has really, really, it's gone down recently. Let's see here if I can read this. Uh, uh, there's some real, real screwy correlations in margin debts as it compares to the markets. Do you guys know what margins are? Do you know how to buy on margin? Do you know what that is and understand its significance? I have a... has to do with MF Global? No, it has to do with just everything uh, market-wise. Do you understand that? It's like a call bet or a put bet similar where you're buying your paying a little bit to buy an option on future acquisitions and they can call it in anytime they want to uh, whenever it comes due and then you either got to pay up or um, take the hit. Okay, here's what happens and this is, was the big deal in the 20s because that was the first time they were able to pull the scam. So people were real susceptible back then. And if you'll remember, the 20s were called the Roaring 20s because they had the credit tap on and anybody could get credit and there's a lot of currency floating around and then they went in they shut down the credit tap all right and what had happened over the 20s was you know the uh, remember the story the and i i I don't remember exactly i thought it was uh, um jesse livermore that was going into the office one day and he stopped every morning to get his shoe shined and he got a stock tip from the shoe shine boy and he went to the office and sold everything he had (laughs) before the trash so uh, there's uh, the situation. Everybody's in the market. And the way they got everybody in the market was allowing them to buy on margin. And the way it works is if you wanted to go in, Shane, let's say Shane wanted to go in and buy one share of Amazon today. But you don't have two grand right there at your disposal, do you, Shane? Nope. Okay, so the the broker says, well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can buy it on margin, all right? So what you do, Shane, is you give us $200 instead of 2000 and we'll take our money and put it with yours, and we'll go buy that share of Amazon for you, which is fine and good as long as Amazon starts going up. But the minute Amazon starts going down, then they want their percentage increased in an amount to the loss and ratio to what you put up. And that's called a margin call. Okay. And all of a sudden people get, Hey, you need this much money. I need it in 24 hours or I sell the stock. Okay. And all of that coming from a central location in a whole bunch of simultaneous phone calls puts a real, real strain on the cash market. And the credit market's already strained, or else they wouldn't have been in that position in the first place. So that is what this margin debt is. We got the, let's see if I can read into this article a little bit. New York Stock Exchange total margin debt declined in a month in which the standard and pores hit a new high. All-time high. I look back at minimum ramps on these previous 
upturns to new highs going back five years and didn't see an instance in which a ramp up to a new high wasn't accompanied by a multi-billion dollar increase in margin in the same month, except in these two cases. The peak of the beginning of the multi-month minus 19.4 correction in 19 in 2011 and the peak at the beginning of the multi-month minus 13 percent 2015-16 correction so it's making a real important deviation here and it's been paralleled a couple of times we're in for a humdinger okay and uh, whether it's going to break this week it's going to go on for a long time it's going to stretch out for the next couple of years we're going to go through next year, and it's going to be virtually a, a financial disaster as this thing ratchets down, and they fight it every step of the way as it goes down. But then there's a really important event in 2020 that's a new vector into the, re, into the uh, equation, Shane. Do you know what that is? I'm thinking out loud, so go ahead. I'm, I'm not sure. The next halving. The next halving will happen sometime in in the early, in about the middle, the first end of the first quarter to the end of the second quarter in 2020. Now, the halving wow. means that the bonus when you solve the Bitcoin puzzle is reduced from twelve and a half down to half of that. And that is going to put some price pressure upward on Bitcoin it, as the financial thing has been totally eroding for a couple of years from those people that understand it, but certainly visibly for a year, year and a half before the event. So we're positioned again in a real good spot. All right. And that's why BitClub Network, just every day, it's mining some Bitcoin for you. Every day. Boom, 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 boom. Say, Roger, weren't you playing something by Greg Monero that was, or maybe it was somewhere else I heard this, probably. but they were talking the global implosion of the global debt bubble um, because the central bankers control all the monetary systems in the world except for three or four in the Middle East and maybe a couple other places, but in their central-controlled monetary scheme as they are pretty uh, diabolical in what they're doing and imploding implosion. Of course, they're going to pretend it's a collapse like it's natural forces when it's really manipulated forces precisely that are at work behind the scenes in their control schemes. I don't think they want to crash it, and that's as evidenced by the fact they're tr still trying to start World War III like crazy against Putin. Uh, and, uh, they don't, they can crash it against Trump and yeah, he owns it now, but the people are a lot more awake than they had thought. I think they're finding that out. And if they crash it to get at him, you know, it's cut off your nose to spite your face. Really kind of, well, uh, you mentioned this, uh, sending troops to the Southern border. This is a no-win situation. There's no winning position in this thing for Trump. You've got Hillary Clinton and the Soros gang uh, funding this invasion from the south of all these 
terrorists and disguised as migrants. And now you've got forces in America that are on the more conservative side demanding that we send troops from there. And whatever happens, whether they have a backpack bomb in the middle of the migrants by one of their undercover operatives, or if they have American troops or even a crazy nut off the side posing as American troops to fire the first shot and start mowing them down, Something is going to happen, and the fallout, the blowback, cannot be good on either way you go. It's lose-lose, and that is Clarendon Plymouth in action on a global scale on the psychopolitical warfare well, front. Well, certainly, it's, it's an initiative for them to put him in a position, but I kind of disagree with you. I think if he stands down and puts his foot down, that he he's a winner here. He's a winner with those throngs of people that are sick and tired of illegal immigration and New World Order control and glossing over these things that are having a direct effect on their day-to-day lives. And that's this groundswell that you're seeing. Even, dare I say it, a lot of blacks and Mexicans and, and Latinos are moving over into the Trump camp. Uh, Robert has welcomed, uh, has joined us here, and so let me welcome here him and say uh, happy Monday there, Mr. Roberto. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Not a sports show, but let me start off by tipping my hat to the Boston Red Sox, we're in the era of, of the World Series, 4-1. <laughs> and uh, did you know? Did I know what? You what? Yeah. Well, now everybody's chopping out. Yeah, I saw. I, I watched the game last night, a bit of it, until they uh, got a commanding lead. Robert will be back with us. Hell, is this on my end? See, I never know where this is coming from when there's a problem. No, it's my end again, of course. Oh, these people. No, it shows the Internet up. Shows a connecting. No, man, this is this this is this damned internet problem I've got here that's driving me nuts. Mighty, ah, I swear, if I could do a if I could do a two hour radio show without crap from these people and internet providers. Well, if if you can read, I'm going to say that marks seven championships. For the city of Boston, the last 16. No, it's not. No, it's not a hack attack. It's the stupid internet provider. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's not connecting to the server. Let me see if I can fool with this thing for a minute. Damn, son of a bitch. All right. All right, let's see if we can get this thing back. Do you guys hear me? All right, we're connected again, it looks like. Fine. No, it's not a hack. It's this stupid Internet situation here. And I don't know whether it's not something with my side of it. Uh, it just technical, technical problems. All I ever wanted was a wired router, all right? Just a wired router. And I can't seem to get one. I got to always rely on Wi-Fi. What, Greg? Okay, I know I'm back. All right, let's see if I can get all these people. We got Shane back. We got Robert back. I guess we're missing Chris here. Okay. Uh, He's, he'll call me back in a second. Right, but I was going to so. say, if you're uh, 
keeping track, and I doubt you are, that's 11 championships for the city of Boston since 2002. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, that's pretty damn impressive in one stinking city. Well, they've got a they've got a pretty impressive uh, stable of professional teams up there, and that's for sure. I know one thing: their baseball team looked real good this year. It's not a bunch of big guys oh. like L.A. They tried to come in with the bruisers that power it out of the yep. field, and these guys come in with these yep. wiry little guys that just turn you into a pretzel. Yes, sir. They uh, they they pretty much ran wire to wire. And they were hot going back to spring training, and they never really cooled off. They had a downtime in September a little bit, but uh, for the most part, they just tore it up. They were they were the best team in baseball, and they proved it. Yep, <laughs> man, I gotta agree. They looked real good from what I you know I watched. I was pretty diligent about watching it through the playoffs and stuff. Uh, so I just you know because of those years in Atlanta. And Atlanta brave mm-hmm. success with Ted Turner and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our involvement there locally, and the fact that we were in the Western mm-hmm. Division and we were always head up with the Dodgers back when Tommy Doughboy, the little Doughboy Lasorda, was the manager, <laughs> and he he'd come you know he'd come wobbling out to the mound all the time. Uh, but uh, so well, I never have particularly appreciated the Dodgers as much as some of their hard-grown fans. But uh, uh, but boy, I really liked Boston. I never have really paid much attention to the American League too much, and uh, they looked real good, man. They sure did. That new first-year manager oh, did a did a tremendous job. And I guess let me go ahead and say while we're on the sports subject that this is now officially LSU Alabama week. Okay. So uh, that was going to be my next point. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> uh, a lot of excitement in Baton Rouge. It's going to be mm-hmm. the first game of the season with two two teams in the top five. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad blood there anyway over many many years, mm-hmm. and uh, it's of course in Baton Rouge. And then the situation with Devin White, our linebacker, that's going to miss the first half of the game because of questionable refereeing and play and calling i think and uh so it's got a lot of different elements and uh i dare say that uh you know we make stranger things have happened let's put it that way yeah it'll be a hell of a game boy it will not i don't believe i don't believe they're going to pull off one of their 50 60 point games this with this week no, this will be their first true test. LSU's got a hell of a defense. Hell of a defense. So, so if they win, it'll be a game like seven or ten points or something like that. Well, you know. Whatever, but it you, won't be a blowout. Well, you know I'll be crazed Saturday night, so don't anybody call, okay? <laughs> so, and hopefully there's no internet problem Saturday night. Uh, well, so that's pretty – Yeah, and, that's bad. That, the LSU tip. Did I hear you say that uh, uh, Dr. Duke is in St. Petersburg, Russia? Yes, he's been there for a long time. He's got an honorary doctorate over there. Really? I yep. didn't know that. That's wow. where he got his doctorate. He's lived, he's lived there for a number of years, at least 10 or more now, I think. Son of a gun. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Wow. Mr. Snowden seems to be pretty happy over there as long as he can import his girlfriend from time to time. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand that. Uh, he's, of the US. he's working in their uh, cyber uh, field uh, in space over there in Russia. Seems like I read mm-hmm. a while back. And, um, well, you know, see, the thing cool. is, Putin, Putin was not KGB, okay? 
as you hear some people refer to. Putin was GRU. GRU is like the soft intelligence agency in Russia, the way I understand it. And he came through the GRU, not the KGB. All right? So he knows who these people are, what they've done, how they've done it, and that's why he's so effective at countering him, and that's why he being there in charge of that country and all those resources drives them absolutely bat crazy. Understood. Understood. He's got a lot of them. Um, he's just a heck of a guy, uh, Vladimir Putin. I don't care how bad they badmouth him. If it wasn't for that guy's control and sense of all these things, we'd have done been hurling nukes at each other. Yeah, there may be some truth to that. And there's trying to desperately still look at all these initiatives that Bolton's pulled off lately, going back and we're going to pull out of some big treaty and all this other stuff. And I mean, he's just an absolute little, I just can't stand that guy. I don't know his background. I'm wondering yeah. what, where did he come from? Bolton certainly isn't a common, common Jewish name. All right. Now, he could have changed his name. Well, or was his mother Jewish yeah. and his father was a Gentile and he got all this fervor from that side? I, I mean, I just don't know, you know. And I think that's a real important point uh, in, in understanding the difference in our cultures between these people is their lineage is passed down through the female. You can't get the right of return to Israel if your father was Jewish and your mother was a little shiksta, okay? Shiksa, as they call them. All right, unless if she had to be Jewish for you to get the right of return to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Roger, do you know the name Daniel Esselin? Yes, he's a Spanish reporter that does real good work on the Bilderbergs years ago. Yes, and he wrote a book recently. It was on um, Deanna Stengola's show um, Saturday, and he talked yeah. links about a bunch of things. One of which was uh, Putin's name came up, and he was saying that Putin is not near the bad guy he's portrayed to be. People like to point, uh, like to portray him as some guy who kills people who work against him weekly basis. According to him, that just flat isn't true. He's nothing like that. Well, you know, I, uh, I I got into a discussion with a liberal here in Ecuador when I came to visit a couple of years ago. We ran into him and his family at dinner. He was a retired uh, bureaucrat, I forget which agency, federal bureaucrat from up in, up in Washington State, very liberal. And he had two pretty sharp kids and a nice wife, and we just happened to be eating in the same restaurant at the next table, you know. And we got into this discussion and briefly and uh, tried not to get too passionate because he had his young teenage children there, uh, showing them the world, which was kind of a cool thing. They'd taken a year off, and he'd taken his kids all over the world, and they were here, and they were at the tail end of their trip. And he got into that, and he started saying how bad Trump was. Then he started saying something about Putin. And I said, do you mean the Vladimir Putin that just rebuilt all of Russia's churches? And I went back at that point. There's four or five things that he had just done that were pretty significant. And I ran across that Vladimir Putin, and the guy was just speechless, okay, because he had nothing to – and his wife, what I really did was I turned his wife, see, because his wife looks at – he's done all that? 
But you just got to know the facts. I mean, you don't go in and rebuild all of the churches they destroyed through that communist regime how many decades as one of your first initiatives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember one thing he did that I liked a whole lot. A big problem is the diminishing birth rate mm-hmm. all over the world, right, especially in our country. Uh, sperm counting yeah, men's holiday. gone down real bad and you know everybody's shacking up and it's all this free love stuff and i guess all that's going the highest highest rate of se- sexually transmitted diseases on the east coast they've ever seen i saw that story the other day right well what did what did putin do putin gave all government employees in one part of the country the day off and said take the day off and go procreate yeah wow uh, roger yeah I heard that same program that Robert's talking about with Deanna, yeah. Deanna, and she's a pretty astute interviewer oh, Deanna. and has a pretty broad selection of guests. Deanna, Daniel Epps, Deanna, let me interrupt. She's Deanna. intellect of interoperations between the countries with a big picture view, and this guy was hitting on all eight cylinders, I'll guarantee you. Yeah, Esteban, he's a real sharp yeah. reporter, and Deanna's just about as sharp oh, yeah. as a tack, too. Uh, so... Uh, 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 is she doing well health-wise? Because I haven't listened to her, had much contact with her in a while. Is she doing health-wise all right? She seems to be bothered sometimes. She had a slew of family and personal problems here a while back, a year or so ago, and I just hadn't had much mm-hmm. contact with her, so I, I'm personally curious. She's a good gal. Uh, very dedicated, very committed, uh, 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 fastidious researcher, and has a good understanding yeah. on stuff. You know all those things. And Estelin, and I haven't, I haven't seen his work since some of his uh, Bilderberg stuff. But I always admired him, and I, you know, uh, I was down in Argentina when he surfaced, and of course I saw some of his stuff in in Spanish down there. Not that I understood it all, but. Uh, uh, but uh-huh. he also is he's, he's bilingual and speaks good English too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he mentioned it's hard for him to get published here in the states, but no problem in Central South America. They 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 eat him up down there. He, he does well. Yep. Well, he needs to do well down here and see if he can change some of the communist bent of people's thinking. It, I mean, all these all these Central and South American countries have just been. And I don't know if it's not the, what the, the influence is uh, Catholicism and the law, the city that's totally imposed here. These people don't really, God, excuse me, I keep wanting to hiccup, but these people don't know anything different but the law of the city. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this the, what I've personally experienced through this little foot ordeal here in the last 90 days. And, you know, the other day that came up, Robert, and you said, yeah, that was stupid. You know, it wasn't, it's not like I jumped out of the window going, I can fly, you know. Uh, What it was was a miscalculation, and I can still, three Uh, months later after all this, look at that damn carport cover, and it looks like tin to me. Every corrugated uh, roof like that I'd ever messed with. Hell, I've walked on tin roofs before, you know. But this one wasn't tin. It just looked like it was tin. It was fiberglass cooked under UV rays at 8,000 feet for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it wasn't the stupidity of it. It was a lapse of judgment and not being cautious enough to go down and say, hey, is that good solid tin that I can hop on there? Or else how can we get my glasses from the middle of that big darn thing? Well. 
luckily it was just your foot. That Man, and listen, it could have been so much worse in so many respects, and I'm very grateful. <laughs> and I just think, you know, gratitude, as I get older, I come to understand more of the things like humility and gratitude and how important they are. Uh, I try to always be a glass half full guy. You know, I look at things on a positive as much as I can, as opposed to being negative. But, uh, uh, but still, you know, I'll, it's the old saying, Robert, keep your hand in that stocking long enough and you'll find a pony down there somewhere. Mm, Hadn't heard that one. Oh, you know, at Christmas when, Hey daddy, where's my pony? It's over in the stocking. Just keep your hand in there long enough. You'll find it. You know, Roger, just in case that should ever occur again from a former IBEW and other non-union electrical experience, I can tell you you can get some metal coat hangers, do a Western Union two-wire splice on those, make them longer, and you can use that to reach out and get your glasses instead of jumping through the plastic metal roof. <laughs> now, next time I'll get a ladder and something, I can scoot them over. I need a new pair of glasses anyway, quite honestly. Um so, but the, it was a lapse of judgment. Now, there's an important lesson in there for all of us. How many, you know, you can look at this whole structure they've got set up there for us with the veneer of this uh, secondary citizenship and applying to everybody from birth and sitting there right behind it are all the answers. And all you got to do is have any kind of a modicum of an open mind and, and start asking some questions. You know, like, hey, yep. if you, here's, a, here's a real good one if you're getting into these discussions with people, and especially these ones that want to tell you how free they are. You know, they'll go, they'll go give their life and their blood and their limbs uh, on some foreign shore to help keep us free. Right? And so you yep. ask them, all right, if you're so free, name me the things that you can do without a license, a permit, or permission. Name them. That's a very good question. Yeah, well, they're going to find it a very intriguing question also. Especially, you know, what, and you know, back to the basics here, you may not know, Robert. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. You know what the definition oh. of, uh, of license is in Black's Law Dictionary, don't you? I think what I've heard is a permit to do something that is otherwise illegal. A, a permission to do something which is otherwise illegal. Permission. But yeah. very good. You moved to the head of the class. All right. For once. Good, <laughs> Robert. And, but, and not permanently, just for a little bit. Now, you got to stay on your toes in this class. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a qualifier that goes with that, and that is, although it may be illegal, it may not be unlawful because there's a oh, vast true. difference between oh. the two concepts. Well, it's like in the, uh, you know, that Tom, remember remember our old friend Tom Schramm, who we haven't heard from in months? I'm anxious to hear from him and find out how his trip to Arizona in the, in the van went. He took his old school bus, his old Bluebird school bus, that Daryl and his buddies over there helped him amp up the transmission, get everything shored up where he got better speed out of it and gas mileage, I guess. And him and his, his son, Joshua, my grandson, godson, and a couple of his buddies all took off to Arizona for the i guess the month of october so he ought to be back sometime here pretty quick but tom brought out from a secret what silent weapons for quiet wars that document and there's a statement in there and it says what we do may well, how does it how does he phrase it 
will always be legal, however it may not always be lawful. So they make the and who was it? Uh, I had a phone call from a guy I know Saturday that's embroiled. He's got all kinds of IRS liens on him and huge amounts of money and all this stuff. And um, he said, "Are you aware of this jurat in Title Twenty Eight, which is where now I know we know our uh, that jurat is the with and without clause." Okay, and if you go into Title Twenty Eight, I don't know the section, but right there it's got two. Jurat affidavit per penalties of perjury is what it is clauses and one of them is within the United States and the others without the United States and without the United States your jurat is for the United States of America and with the within jurat it's just for the United States there's no of America on there so even in the United States code they recognize these two veneered one over the other statuses. You know, I frequently address this legal versus lawful uh, concept that's critically vastly different to delineate between people. Uh, in lawful, it's either in law or outlaw. There's a bright line of differentiation. You're never at a quiz or curiosity to whether it's in or out. It's clearly defined by the creator's law. And in legal, there are at least 50 or more different concepts of legal and illegal and nothing is illegal or illegal until someone makes the claim and if you don't rebut the presumption then it stands as truth unrebutted correct. and then you become guilty tacit presumption correct and that's like his for another one from tom a jewel from tom is fraud and isn't fraud until it's discovered why yeah. because it just goes right along and everybody accepts the presumption you got to discover it and point it out for it to be fraud that's why this affidavit works because it exposes their fraud at the at the highest level, they cannot say a thing about it, and they can't rebut it. All they can do is stand silent. We've saved a couple of steps in the Gandhi formula. First, they ignore you. Then they demonize you. Then they fight you, and then you win. They can't demonize us because they don't want to bring any more people to the this to anybody's attention, and they can't fight us because we've already won. We've exposed their fraud. So you go straight from the the first one, ignore you, or straight to the you won. Good point. Okay, right. uh, this guy, he, this guy over the weekend has never really uh, looked into it enough to endorse the whole formula. He knows about it, so I said, "You're bad, man." I told him about the hospital thing that Brian Howard had come up with, the absolute proof in the pudding that that's what we're dealing with. I said, you've known this, and you've been exposed to this information for seven years. You haven't looked into it. You're bad. Okay? So, well, Roger, any court cases or stuff, I said, hey, man, if this is done properly, no, because there's no prosecutor that's going to bring a case up in court when you've got an affidavit on file with the Secretary of State that bypasses the rules of evidence that you can bring in. You think the guy wants to commit Harry Carey up there? They're looking for cases they can win and scalps they can put on their belt, not cases that they lose where the whole scam is exposed in court. Yeah. Judge wouldn't like that either. No kidding. Okay. So that's why I said, and I say this to the audience, I've said it before, I've been doing this six, half, seven years, something like that. I've forgotten how many, okay? I don't have any idea how many people have filed this piece, these pieces of paper. 
up there. I just got no idea. I know how the Patriot community is. Okay, I've been involved in it for 27 years. They're a bunch of copycats, and they'll steal from anybody, which is fine in this instance. So my estimate is that the Secretary of State's probably received over 100,000 of these. Easy. Okay, but let's just say that it's a lot less than that. Out of all those tens of thousands of these things that have been filed by a lot of different people, if there was ever any kind of backlash because of it, I might not be the first to know, but I'd be one of the first to know because somebody go, hey, man, your thing doesn't work. This is what's happening to me. Okay. And I ain't never gotten one of those yeah. calls, not one. No. Not yeah, one. Probably never. No, I won't because then I understand why. Because it exposes the fraud at the highest level in an official document that they've got to either ignore and and agree to tacitly or else come out with facts signed under penalty of perjury to overcome. And they can't do that because it's fraud. Which would implicate them. Well, implicate them. Hell, this undresses them to the damn bone. We didn't mention anything about this uh, uh, attack on the synagogue in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, that uh, hasn't come up yet again today. But I notice uh, uh, all the rabbis in Pittsburgh got together and signed some letter to Trump saying, you're not welcome in Pittsburgh until you denounce white nationalism. Uh, part of that that's rather nuanceful about the so-called shooter in Pittsburgh is he was supposedly an American Indian of Seminole tribe, and I'll bet you a dollar to a donut this fellow was under some sort of psychotropic drug, mental health counseling, or other sorts of being a handled individual, as he had a long criminal history and contacts with the FBI, and uh, it's uh, just a really suspicious. This probably the uh, group running that synagogue hired or somebody hired him to do it and come in and shoot him up to garner some more uh, sympathy for the devil, if you will. Well, uh, the, what, the, what he invaded and the people that he killed, if that happened, and I'm assuming it did, but you don't know anymore, uh, they were supposedly there for what they call a brith, I think. Okay, they weren't there for a synagogue service. Why didn't he go in and, you know, mow down a whole synagogue full of them? They were there for a, I believe they call it a brith. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. That's a circumcision of a young child. Uh. Okay. That's what the gathering was for, family and friends there. That's what he invaded. Uh, I hadn't seen anything on his background other than, you know, some of his uh, supposedly, quote, unquote, nationalistic and anti-Semitic tendencies. Uh, but I can tell you one thing. These people continue to do what they do, be as obvious as they are, murder all these Gazans, killing women and children. Now they're amassing an army. They uh, Over the weekend, they uh, destroyed one of the hospitals, one of the only hospitals in Gaza. They've stolen all these lands. They're building all these illegal settlements, but according to international law, with all these vicious people inside them that go over and uh, with d9 caterpillars and mow down a uh, hundred year old olive trees uh, i i mean yeah uh, why not get enraged enough to do stuff like that at least the guy knows where to point the finger i may have inadvertently crossed five neurons associated the so-called un 
bomber. Yeah. Uh, with the guy right. the shooter in Pittsburgh. Right. Well, I do know that that guy has some dubious character uh, and, and association backgrounds. And I saw, I didn't read the story, but his family lawyer, the family lawyer came out and said he doesn't have the intelligence to do this. Hmm. That's interesting. That That's over. not unusual. The FBI likes those guys. No, oh, they love those dummies, man. They can lead them right down the path. And he had a slew of posts and uh, 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 denouncing Trump and all the you know left wing stuff. And then all of a sudden, he changes. He gets all these Trump stickers all over his van, and he sends all these packages through the mail that never none of the stamps get canceled. Hello. Mm. Yeah, that was a That's pretty weird production there. And, and he sends, he puts $3 worth of stamps on a package that if it went through the system costs three fifty, and none of the stamps are canceled. Tell me what's going on there. Yet I hear stuff about delivery, and then I still hear him referring to the post office story. This whole thing, just, uh, you know, the first day, and I mentioned it on the show briefly in passing, Robert. You were on, I think, last week. And I said George Soros got a package that is delivered to his house yesterday, a bomb package. And we laughed about it. And then the next day it hit the slew of others. So that tells you right there, the guilty Fox smells his own hole first. Yeah. And then the whole slew of the other ones, and then there's one lone one to Trump and, and maybe another conservative, and they're even sending Brennan's to CNN when, he, when he's a, a commentator on MSNBC. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like, the, it's it's like the Keystone Cops, man, really. Mm-hmm. You know what the number yeah, one search term on... Out. After that came out, you know what the number one search term was on Google one day last week? What's that? False flag. Ah, uh-huh, there you go. There's an old... Some stuff that came out about that was pretty introspective, and apparently there's an awful lot of uh, deep state Illuminati, CIA, and uh, kind of like Christina Blase Ford history... And Anderson Cooper's past, Mr. CIA. Oh, he's a Vanderbilt. He's a network. His mother was a Vanderbilt. Precisely. Anderson. Yep. Yeah, I think I did hear that. Yeah. Remember, we were talking about the Biltmore Castle last week? Mm -hmm. That's Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. That's Vanderbilt money. So, uh, but you know, the good news is the worms turn and we can see it. The populace is at least a, a lot more aware than they have been in the 20 something years I've been in this. The, and, and a lot of them are going to be, I think, as we go forward, receptive to the kind of information we have, we'll get a much larger group out of it. And yeah, do I wish that, uh, that our, our group was bigger? I w- wish that it would have taken off from those appearances on Joyce Riley. But I've learned the hard way that this only appeals and applies to a small percentage of people, and I've had to accept that, okay, which I've done, all right? So I can accept that because I understand it, and now all the best thing to do is I can't do any more than I'm doing, all right? I can't do any more than I've done. All I can do is continue to do the best I can 
and to put this here with a consistent message and we'll put it in God's hands and let's see let let the big guy see what he wants to do with it. That's the only thing I know to do honestly at this point. If nothing well, else and we never even grow, we've got a really core group of good hardcore listeners that go out of their way to listen to these programs, okay? And we have an intellectual forum where we can bring exciting and uh, uh, topics in and analyze different important aspects to all of our lives. And I don't know that there's another forum like that in the alt media that I'm aware of, certainly that's got the caliber of information we've got. Yeah, probably not. Question, yes. question is, how is your health? How's my health? How's your health doing, Roger? My health or my elf? Yeah. I don't have an elf. Health. Oh, health. Um, uh, my health's doing good. I'm in good shape. You know, I take care of myself for many years, uh, preventative-wise, and except when I try and step out of second-floor windows, I do pretty good. Um, I got a, a come from a, you know, you get your mitochondria from your mother, right? Always. And I got my mother's side of the family is long living. She's 90 years old now without C60. And if it wasn't for the fact that her, her eyes are uh, screwed up with macular degeneration, she's got her mind and she's got her health for the most part at that age, not taking care of herself. Uh, I, we try and do supplements. We try and do the right thing on health wise. We try and do preventative things and keeping things like aluminum out of your system. Don't use, don't use deodorant. Don't use regular deodorant that's got aluminum in it. Go by the health food store and get yourself a salt crystal, okay? They'll last a lot longer. It's a lot cheaper, and there's no aluminum that goes in through that sensitive part under your arms and crosses the blood-brain barrier, which I think where a lot of this Alzheimer's and stuff is coming from. It's not coming from your cookware. It's coming from your deodorant. The things like that. Don't drink water with fluoride. Uh, use MSM. Get your cells to a point where they're uh, absorbing the minerals you're putting in there. All these little things, and those things aren't expensive. Okay. Usually the alt health way and the path is a little bit pricey, but you can do some real basic things in avoidance and adding things like MSM and a few of these relatively inexpensive things to your diet that'll do wonders for your body. Yep. Now, you've got pretty good water where you are, Roger, correct? Well, you know, it's funny here, uh, and I just found out that they put fluoride in the water here. I thought they only put chlorine, but I was informed recently they put a little chloride. We've got a reverse osmosis uh, system here at the house I'm living in, so there's no problem uh -huh. with getting good water here. Uh, but good. what they do here is interesting. They don't put iodine in the salt. They put fluoride in mm -hmm. the salt. So I try and stay away from all the uh, any uh, Ecuadorian salt, and we use Himalayan pink salt uh, as much as possible, and uh, those kind of things. The climate here is fantastic. The quality of the food here is top notch, and virtually every expat will tell you when you're talking about Ecuador in general, the quality of the food here is fantastic. Um, you know, you literally grow avocados and all kinds of stuff right on your property. Um, if in fact you want to, you know, buy some or you're, where you're renting and the people are, the people here are very nice. Ecuador's got the label as, as the friendly country. But now that I've been here a length of time, a little bit anyway, approaching a year and a half, I've come to understand that the people, Ecuadorians are extremely inconsiderate. 
on an individual level. It's not that they're not friendly. They're just totally inconsiderate. Like little places in the grocery store, you know, when you, when just different situations, you really notice they don't have an awareness of other people's space, basically. Okay. And you can see it like at night here where I am. Man, these people, this is the most affluent area. Well, here's our whistler, man. All right. Let me just back your. So this is one of the most affluent areas in the country, and still at night, the people leaving packs of dogs running around and these dadgum burglar alarms that are on people's houses and cars that go off in the middle of the night. You know, for some of it's really, you know, Jack, Jack calls it the Ecuadorian national anthem. He stands up and puts his hand on his heart when everyone goes off. So, anyway, it's just a, one of the wrinkles, you know. It's the yin and yang of life. So, uh, we're about to wrap this show up. I'll get it posted on uh, on that site, cast uh, castbox.fm, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everything's at an end. I'll see y'all then. Ciao. Okay. Ciao. Bye.